Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The Opinion Line on Quartz 96 FM. Mary Jo, reading about you in the journal and with my own connections over many years to Besborough and the commemoration of the women and children who've been through Besborough, I really did want to speak with you. So good morning and thank you for taking my call. Well, I'm honoured to be here. Thank you for asking. Your parents that adopted you, the Sullivans, they never hid from you the fact that you were a Besbro baby. In fact, I think your daddy came back with you in the 80s to show you the place. Yes, that's correct. He did. He would, They were very, very um, open with uh, with me as far as um, that I was adopted, and I was adopted from Bestboro County Cork. Uh, and he uh, knew that I was always seeking to find, you know, who I was and, and, and to learn more about where I came from. Mm. And he, uh, he advocated that with me and then and took me back and, and showed me where it was that I was adopted from. Yeah. Your, your parents are from Kerry originally, correct? Yeah. My father and my, my mother, they're both from County Kerry and they immigrated in 1951 to the United States. Uh, they couldn't have children and they knew what was happening. They knew of the despicable way that uh, the mothers and the babies were being treated and they wanted to give two of the Irish kids, they wanted to give the children a better life and yeah. so they chose to adopt Irish kids. Mm. I'm sure that you know uh, many people like you, they were never told anything. They had to find it all out for themselves. Absolutely. Um, I have a whole group of um, people that I associate here in St. Louis area that uh, are all adopted from Ireland. St. Patrick's, uh, they're adopted from um, uh, different orphanages around Ireland. And um, they knew that they were adopted, but there was never given any information whatsoever. And they were all on their own to figure it all out. Mm. They wouldn't, they had no uh, cooperation whatsoever. Um, Some of them, the mothers or the fathers would have nothing to do with them. The, the mothers, nobody really that I know of had ever found their father's family except myself. Yeah. You were born in Leeds. So how did you come to come from Leeds to Cork? Well, my father, evidently, um, his family lived in County Meath and in County Cavan. A couple of, and um, his, his family then moved a lot. A couple of them had moved over to England and, that's where they stayed. But he would come back now and again to visit the family in County Meath and County Cabin. And that is where he was introduced to my mother. And then when my mother wound up pregnant, she was afraid. She didn't know where to go. And he actually was instrumental in getting her over to Leeds and being taken care of. So 
that's how I got to St. Margaret's in Leeds. Hmm. And then how did you come to be in Cork? After I was about three months old, um, they um, said, since my mother was Irish, they wanted her to go back to Ireland. And so they sent all the papers to Dublin and sent my mother and I to Bessborough County Cork. My mother said she wanted to be as far away from Dublin down into the south where she knew no one so no one would know that she was ever there and she never told the family uh, at all mm. that she was there and she had no contact with the family for 10 years wow and you were in Bedsbury for quite some time yeah about three years yeah about three years and was mom with yeah. you yes the whole time yes oh. yeah she was must have been very very hard for her to part with you then when the it had to be absolutely devastating i i can't even you know raising my own and seeing my own even my grandkids and my own children mm. it would just it would just destroy me did she hand you over or was she there when you were handed over she said that she got me dressed they they came at the last minute said that they have a couple that want to adopt me she got me dressed they took me away from her she went back to the room and i was gone it was that blunt really quick quick and when you came back in the 80s with your daddy, was it then, Mary Jo, that the urge to find out more, the urge to find... Oh, more so than ever. Really? And especially when they told me that uh, she, didn't want to, she didn't want to have anything to do with me she, and, and they didn't know anything. Yeah. When you met the nuns in Vesbra, mm -hmm. what were you told? I was told that they knew nothing of where she was. I even... Um, that she didn't want to to find me, that uh, there would be no connection whatsoever. And when they asked me, would you like to find your mother or do you have any interest? And I said, well, of course I do. And they said, well, we can't help you. We have no, we have no information. She left here and we have no information after that. So how did you eventually find her then? Well, uh, my then friend, now husband, Peter Gallagher, when I told him the story, he actually knew my father. Sullivan, and he knew about Bishop McQuaid and some of the disconnect and some of the things that were happening in Ireland. So he went on the website and he just kept looking and looking. And finally, he called me one day and he said, there is a website called the Adopted People's Association of Ireland. He said, go on that website because there's a, there's a chat session on there. So I started to go on that. And as I was chatting away about my story, I was then contacted by uh, a woman, Bernadette Joyce. Oh my God, Bernie Joyce. Yeah. Bernie Joyce for the APA. Yeah. I met Bernie Joyce many times. Bernie Joyce was the one who helped me out and she was the one who set me up to go to England. She was the one who had helped me go to the place where I was actually baptized. She was the one who did everything for me. And that's how I got to Leeds and that's how I got back to, 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 that, that is how Bernie is the one who found my mother. The world is but a street, let alone a village. Mm. She's the one who, she found my mother on Valentine's Day here wow. in the United States. So on Valentine's Day, I was working, she called me up, she said, we found your mother. And she found her because when I went to Leeds, there was one small piece of paper. They said they took all the papers and went to Dublin. And I said, could you just look one more time? Please. So they did. They found the paper. They found out where my mother was raised in Killinac. Bernie then called the parish and the parish priest said, yes, 
Her name is Mary Martin now, and she's in Dublin. So Bernadette uh, found my mother and then called me and said, we found your mother. And I, I was just, I, I couldn't believe it. After all, all this time, I, I, I actually have a mother. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And you met. Yes. Well, at first, you know, when Bernadette contacted my mom, she wasn't real sure that she wanted to have have this in her life because it was very traumatic and she had just lost her husband six months before who they were married. They never had any children and she never told anybody that she ever had a child, not even him. She just was, the shame was overwhelming for those ladies and those women at the time. So I sent a letter to her and as I was sending a letter to her, another letter was coming over saying, giving me all the identifying information except for the health records or anything like that and the address of her home and um, said that I hope this is good enough. And that's what the letter said. Well, I called, I called Bernadette up and I was extremely upset and crying and very upset that we had gotten this far. And she said, Mary Jo, she says, don't be upset. This often happens. She says, give it six months try again. So I gave it six months and uh, two days before my 47th birthday, I said, you know, I don't care if she talks to me or not. I need to, I need to see, physically see her. I need to physically see her. So I went over with some friends and she was outside washing the, washing the sidewalk. And uh, so I thought, well, I better get this done now because I don't know if she'll be there tomorrow. So I uh, I walked up on the sidewalk and big long sidewalk, big broad iron gate, and she had a big door with a with a glass stained glass door, and I could see her silhouette coming toward me. It felt like everything was in slow motion, you know, and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do or say or what she was going to do or say. And she opened the door, and I didn't say anything. I, I didn't know first time in my life. I probably never had words, but. <laughs> Nothing came out of my mouth. Um, so she did open the door, and she says, uh, are you okay, love? I guess she could just see the emotion in my face. And I said, yeah. I said, um, are you Mary? And she said, I am. I said, are you Mary Martin? And she said, I am. And I said, well, I'm, I'm your daughter. I'm Mary Jo. And with that, Without hesitation at all, she cupped her hands underneath my chin and just pulled me into the parlor. And then we just weeped. And we hugged. And she started to apologize. And I said, you have absolutely nothing to apologize. You did the right thing. You did what you were forced to do, yes. But I'm here. One of the reasons I wanted to find you is to let you know. I have had an absolutely wonderful, beautiful life. And I understand everything that you went through. Everything. Mm-hmm. And I know the reasons. And I, 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 you know, so we chatted for a while there. And then I left it under her hands. I told her where I was staying. And I said, you, you just keep all this into you. And whatever you want to do, we'll do. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. She was a little reluctant, wasn't she, at first about, oh, saying, very much. about saying publicly, this is my daughter. Oh, yes. She used to call me her, her cousin from America. For th- I would go back and forth for three years. And finally, I'm like, Mom, I can't. And, and her friends would ask me, where in America are you from? And what cousin are you related to? And I thought, I, I don't even know anything about this. She, she, she forgot to tell me that part. <laughs> and, and did you explore with her why she was doing that? She was afraid. She was afraid. And I said, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of hurting you. I'm afraid of exposing you. I'm afraid for you. And I can't do this anymore. I can't. I, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. And, and I'm still hurt that you're not atoning to who I am, that I'm yours. So I asked her, I said, I was a flight attendant at the time, and I asked her, I said, why don't you come over to the States? I'll bring you over. She had never been to the States before. I said, I'll meet you in Chicago. I'll bring you over. You've got a whole family there that you have not even ever known or met. And she was on her own because she had no kids and her husband died. So she was in a terrible state. So I brought her over. She met her parents. I had a big party for her. And she said, right, I'm going back home. I'm telling everybody, you are my daughter. And sure enough, that's, and I didn't believe her. I really didn't believe that she would do it. But she did. And can I ask you, Mary Jo, the first time that she did, how did that feel? I, I felt like I was coming out of the closet and that I'm a real person now with real roots and real people that, that'll care and that'll know who I really am. And um, it made me feel loved. That's not to say that you weren't loved as a child growing up, but it was a different kind of thing, wasn't it? A different kind of thing, yes, yes. Yeah, very much so. It was a different, it was a different connection. Mm. Um, People outside adoption often ask the question, well, you were happy as a child. You were raised by people who loved you furiously. And why do you need any more? And why do you need any more? So why did you need more? Well, when you're adopted... There's a deep hole in your heart because you don't know really who you are, why you look the way you do, why you have the personality that you do. You are with other people and other children. You go to different parties and you go to different family functions and they're real family. You don't have that. You have to suppress all of that because you're made to feel guilty that you're not satisfied after everything that you have had and the way you were raised and the lovely parents that you had. You were made feel guilty of wanting more, but you will never understand what the feeling is unless you are adopted and you are suppressed. When you in school, you have to write stories about your family and what they're from and where they're from and the history sometimes. And I was writing borrowed information. I wasn't writing my story. Oh, that's a remarkable way of putting it. And in all my years, Mary Jo, I've never, and I've talked to many people. You're a new voice to me, but I've talked to them. I've never heard anyone sum it up like that. 
borrowed mm. information. Mm. And that's how I felt. And I was, I was a child. I was probably in the fourth grade. I did get an A on that essay, by the way. <laughs> Good for you. So now you've got mom, uh, and 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 she she's she said this is my daughter, and that's a ma- massive step. But you still didn't know about your dad at that stage. No, I still didn't didn't know. No, I was scared to death to ask her anything about him. Um, and when I did, she just blurted out his name, and I said, "Oh, okay." Um, and she said that he would. Uh, I asked how they met, and you know they met in cabin. But I asked, well, what did he do for a living? Where, where, what happened to him? I know nothing more. I know nothing more. I know nothing more. And we never really talked about it again. She was afraid. She was afraid. I could see the. I could hear the. I could see the reaction, the physical reaction, and the emotion. And I thought, if I ask her anymore now, she 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 might never ever see me again. So I didn't want to invade oh, no. yeah. that, that privacy that she held inside of her forever. I didn't want to go there, so I didn't. But you found him. I did. He'd passed away before you found him, correct? Yes, he passed away in 1991. Okay. Mm-hmm. In October of 1991, yeah. Tell yeah. me about the moment that someone said, you're a queen. Oh, <laughs> Well, thinking his name was John Riley for, you know, 15 years, <laughs> I thought, I'm a what? <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was, it was surreal. It was you like, you oh, thought his name was John Riley? Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at, for John Riley everywhere, everywhere. Right. That, and then Ancestry came into the mix. Um, and this was like probably the middle 2000s, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't recall. So and it kept popping up, and I'm looking for Riley, and I thought, what is going on here? Nothing is happening here. Nothing's ha-. So then this Quinn name kept popping up on Ancestry, and it said that, you know, you're second cousins, and that was as close as I was getting. And I went, well, that's pretty close. So it kept popping up, and so finally I started to respond to Mary Quinn, and she said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I see that this is, she says, I've got a, a cousin in County Meath, in count, near County Cabin, and I said, yeah, that's, that's about the right place. And everything started to add up, and I started to really get hope, and hope, and hope that, oh my God, I'm going to actually meet my family for the first time ever, ever have actual, real, biological family members that wanted to meet me as well Mm. because they said that they knew I was out there somewhere. They forgot about it, of course, but that my father actually went to his mother and said that he had impregnated a girl in Ireland and the mother said, have nothing to do with her, leave her alone. Don't have anything, don't shame the family. And, but instead he took care of her. And my mother said that he would write letters to her in, in Bestboro, but the nuns would intercede. They wouldn't allow him. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, we all cried for the first time in my life. I heard I looked like someone. Mm. And I had the same personalities. We all got along like we'd known each other forever. Yeah. It was a miracle. It was absolutely, truly a miracle.
Were you cross with your mom that she'd given you the wrong name? At first, I was. But then my the girls, my cousins, told me what, why the possibility of that might have happened. He may have given her the wrong name. Yeah, yeah. So that he wouldn't be found out anywhere at all and know anything. So I didn't. Then, then after I thought, well, that, that's a possibility too. Yeah. Mom's passed away now. Mm. Um, but you met dad's side of the family only a few weeks ago. Correct. We um, we all went to um, County Meath, and yeah. and uh, they. So my father's family from England also came over, and then the people that stayed in Ireland, they were there. Yeah. When we came down into the parlor, I knew Mary, and I said, "Mary." She turned around, and she said, "Mary Jo," and I said, "Yes," and then we just hugged and hugged and hugged and hugged, and then Marion came, and then. It was a party after that. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Jo, when's the last time you visited Besbra? I haven't been back. No? I did go by where it says the Sacred Heart, Besboro. Yeah. I went by the sign. Yes. But I, I, I couldn't go in. No. Yeah. I went by, but I couldn't go in. Why not? I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I, it just, um, I, you know, it's hard to say. Um, I'm privileged every June, Mary Jo, to be invited to host and be the uh, compare for an afternoon at Besborough in the summer sunshine where people come back. And I know that a lot of people, dear friends of mine, many of them, would be only delighted to meet you. Well, it just so happens we are going to Ireland in June. Get away. No. No, my 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 husband Pete and uh, his daughter Caroline. They want to go. They want to take their boys back, and uh, they're planning on June. Well, here's what I'm going to do, and none of the committee will accuse me here of speaking out of turn. I would like to formally invite you to ah. come back to Besbra on that Sunday, whenever it will be in June. Would you do that? It would be my pleasure and my privilege. Yes. All right. Yes, I will. I will accept that. I, I thank you so much, PJ. Thank you so very, very much. I look forward to meeting you by the folly in June. Thank you. God bless, PJ. And thank you for this interview. I appreciate that. You're more than welcome. That's Mary Jo Sullivan. I can't wait to meet her in June. Quartz 96 FM. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.